Well, our, our grandson is on his, uh, his high school robotics team, and their team went to a competition in Mason uh, this past weekend. And Forrest and I went for part of the day on Saturday to, to watch. And the way the robo- robotics uh, season works is that the team is given a set of three or four tasks that they need to build a robot that can complete those tasks most efficiently and within a given time frame. And every year the tasks are different. This year they were to make a robot that could travel from one end of the court to the other and pick up gear, uh, a gear, and then deliver the gear to the mothership. So that's what he's doing there. Have to make a robot that will go down to the other end, get a gear from uh, their teammate that's down there, feeds the gear to their robot, and then bring it down to the other end. And the 250, the 5205 robot that you just saw there, that's our grandson is driving that robot. That's his team. And as you can see, one of the challenges is getting your robot past the opposing team's robot, sometimes your own team's robot, and then delivering the gear to get all four rotors. Uh, you see the rotors spinning on the top there? As you get a line of gears, then the guy up in the thing spins this and he gets, has to get all four rotors going before the end of the thing. But there's one more task, and this is um, in the last 30 seconds, a whistle is sounded just before the end of the match. They've got 30 seconds for their robot to get down and to climb up that rope and uh, then turn the light on at the top of the rope. So it gets really intense right at the end. And that was the whistle uh, telling them that they had 30 seconds. And you'll see them dropping the ropes there. And uh, our robot is still waiting to get down here. But So the ropes are down. They've got 30 seconds to get up the rope and light up this uh, light. So we were we were watching this and it's pretty exciting and 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 uh, and we were enjoying the competition, and then it happened. <laughs> Each round, the teams are grouped with two other teams and they form this alliance. And the alliances are different every round, and your points are based on the number of gears you get, the number of rotors that you have at the end. But at the very end, there's a bonus of 50 points for every robot that climbs and sets the light off. And matches are won and lost in that last 30 seconds. Everything hangs on them hanging, okay? So in one of the rounds, our, our grandson's team was paired with the 494 robot. And this robot was from a bigger school, and they had two robots in the competition. And their other robot was on the other team. So when it got right down to the end and they were supposed to climb, the 494 robot just went and sat by its rope and didn't try to climb. They threw the match so that their other robot could win the competition. It was the better, that's what I said. Boy, I'm telling you. No, 
It was a better robot. They wanted to make sure it went through to the state competition. And let me tell you, when I found out that they threw that match, I was miffed. And <laughs> the grandmother and me, you know, prayer warriors, just started talking to God. You know, God, that is just not right. Your arm is not too short. You can <laughs> take care of this. And yeah. <laughs> That's about as far as I got, though, before I remembered the scripture from the mercy, a miracle of mercy study that morning. Romans 12, 4, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Oh, ouch. <laughs> what? Pray that God will bless them? I mean, I wasn't going to ask that they, their robot blew up or caught fire or anything, but ask God to bless them. Ask that they might actually win the competition. Really? And you know, that's just a robotics competition. But isn't this the kind of stuff we encounter as we live out the gospel in our day-to-day lives. And, you know, I found myself uh, on numerous occasions during this study asking myself, why is the gospel so hard sometimes? Uh, It's really not easy. It goes against our very nature, you know, our broken nature, at least. And... Just so you know, I did pray that God would bless them, and they won the whole competition. (laughs) They came in first, and I still wish that God hadn't blessed them. (laughs) Because I have this cavernous need for justice and things to be fair and right and cheats to not get away with cheating and bad people not to get away with doing bad things to others. And, you know... Those are some of the same desires and longings that come into play and make today's topic so difficult. Um, This morning, as we continue the Miracle Mercy series, we're talking about forgiveness. And last week, we talked about our need for God's forgiveness. This week, we're talking about our need to forgive others. And C.S. Lewis said in his book, The Joyful Christian, everyone thinks that forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have someone to forgive. (laughs) And that really says it, doesn't it? I, I believe that forgiveness is necessary. I know in my head and my heart that we need to forgive. But boy, when it actually comes to forgiving someone, uh, sometimes it takes me a minute to get there. And <laughs> it takes her more than a minute, she said. Sometimes it takes me more than a minute, too. But. But when you think about the central themes of the the gospel and about the story of Jesus and the story of God in us, forgiveness is right up there at the top. And without forgiveness, there is really no good news. There's no good news for uh, you. There's no good news for uh, us. There's no good news for the world. But here's the thing that we sometimes don't want to admit and recognize. Without forgiveness, there's no good news for our marriages There's no good news for our relationships. There's no good news for our family, for our church, and um, for our day-to-day lives. This is something that we have to get. So this morning I want to look at uh, some of the barriers 
that keep us from forgiving. We often talk about what forgiving is and why we need to do it. But um, I think there are some people that really struggle with this, and there are some barriers. So I want to look at those, and then we'll talk about what forgiveness is. So go ahead and pull out your message notes. Like I said, the, the focus of last week's message was God, God's forgiveness. Mercy means that God forgives us. And the focus today is mercy means that I forgive others. And, and we all struggle with this. And my hope is that if it's something that you've struggled with for a very long time, you'll be able to get past it today. So here's the first lesson about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not forgetting. All right, so forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget what happened. We've all heard this phrase, forgive and forget, right? And that's not actually in the Bible. Uh, how do you forget something when you've been hurt really deeply? That's just not going to happen. And so since you know it's not going to happen, sometimes you think, I, well, I can't forget because, forgive because I can't forget that. But forgiveness isn't forgetting. And there's a little passage of Scripture uh, found in 2 Timothy 4, 14 and 15 that we don't look off at often when we're talking about forgiveness. But this is what uh, the Apostle Paul wrote about a time that he was wronged. He's writing to his friend and his mentee, uh, a son in the faith, Timothy. And he says, Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. So, so this is the same Paul who in Ephesians 4.32 says, Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. But now he's saying, that guy Alexander, he did me a lot of harm. I hope God does to him what, you know, what he deserves. And, and, you know, some of you are thinking right now, I like that, Paul. Uh, I can relate to that, Paul. But notice Paul, Paul doesn't say, I'm going to get even with him. He says, the Lord will repay him. And that's our biggest clue that Paul has forgiven him. He's not holding on to it. He's handed it over to God. It's in God's hands now. Let him deal with it. And it, it sounds a little bit like Paul's hoping Alexander is going to get his comeuppance, you know, <laughs> and just like you and I feel at times. But he's and, and he's put it into God's hand, but he obviously has not forgotten it. And sometimes it's just downright unwise to forget a hurt that's been done to us. And so the idea of forgiving uh, means forgetting. Uh, that's just not what forgiveness is about. Then uh, this, there's another truth in this same verse. The first is that forgiveness isn't forgetting. The second is forgiveness is not naively trusting again. Um, the last half of this verse, Paul talks about Alexander, and he says to Timothy, be on your guard against him. Uh, he doesn't say, I've forgiven him, let's give him another chance. Uh, he says, watch out. This is a guy who's hurt my ministry, so we need to be on guard against him. So Paul's forgiven him, but he hasn't immediately trusting him again. And when you forgive somebody, part of forgiveness is giving the opportunity to build trust again. And sometimes it's just a little hurt, and so that trust is restored easily. I mean, you broke the lead on my pencil. Let's go sharpen it and get over it, you know, that kind of thing. But others may never earn it. They may never uh, make that choice. 
And if there's abuse of all involved in it, then forgiveness doesn't mean walking blindly back into that relationship. Trust has to be earned, and there are some people that you don't let close enough to earn it again, uh, especially when they show no remorse or uh, movement towards change. Forgiveness leaves room for restored relationships with those who've broken trust, but it doesn't mean that you give an unrepentant thief the key to your house, all right? So uh, use some discernment. And then C, forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Forgiving someone's not the same as reconciling with someone. It, it takes two people to reconcile a relationship, right? And you may uh, make the other person, you can't make the other person accept your forgiveness, and you can't make them ask for forgiveness. And you may never be able to reconcile a relationship with someone who isn't willing to acknowledge that they've wronged you or isn't willing to give you a second chance. Um, But you can still forgive them from your heart. Reconciliation is not the same as forgiveness. And, And we see this in our relationship with God. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. Every sin is paid for. Every sin is covered. But not every person accepts that forgiveness or has made the decision to be reconciled to God. Uh, Many people are like the friend who doesn't give a hoot uh, if you're angry with them. They're they're not going to do anything to restore that broken relationship. And there are people who don't care that they're separated from God, don't want to be reconciled to God. And there are others that don't know they can have a relationship with God. That's why we've been given the ministry of reconciliation as a church. I'm going to just kind of look at this piece for a second because it's so important to the forgiveness piece. In 2 Corinthians 5.13, it says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. This is a scripture that we've looked at numerous times. But then it, it goes on. Uh, with this. It says, All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For, so, so they've all been forgiven, but we've been given the task to reconcile people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So we could have a right relationship with God through Christ. So God's paved the way. Jesus paid the penalty for sin so that God no longer counts people's sins against them. We talked about this last week, that we get a clean slate and our sins are forgiven. But not everyone chooses to be reconciled to God, to accept that forgiveness that's offered. And that's true in our relationships with others as well. And this is such an important piece to get because it helps us to understand what to do with uh, this requirement that Jesus has of us that we forgive others. Uh, look at Matthew six fourteen and 15. It says, If you forgive those who sin against you, 
your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And, and that's a hard, hard truth uh, because sometimes we've been really hurt and hurt deeply, and it's hard to forgive. But forgiveness is not reconciliation. Sometimes people don't want to be reconciled, and if it's an abusive situation, uh, you're, you don't want to walk back into their relationship and begin again. Jesus isn't asking you to do that. Here's what he is asking you to do. He wants you to release it, to let go of the hurt, to let go of the need for revenge, to let go of the anger and the bitterness, and, and to forgive so that you can move on, so that you can be free. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness isn't forgetting. It isn't necessarily trusting. It, it's not the same as reconciliation. It's a process. And the first step is to let go, to, to just release it to God. Jesus isn't asking... Uh, Jesus is asking you to let go. He said to, to don't hold on to the pain, the hurt, the resentment. Uh, stop wanting to pay them back yourself. Uh, just let that go. Release it all to God. Put it in his hands. And then you can experience something. Uh, and, and, and if you've been holding on to the pain and the hurt and, uh, and living in unforgiveness for a long time, you will not believe the difference it makes when you just let go of it. Just put it down. Just just release it. I, I'm telling you, God is able, and he will. He'll lift it that burden. And, and, of course, reconciliation and restored relationships is ultimately what God wants for all of us. But if that's not possible, uh, maybe the person that hurt you has passed away or they've moved on, you can still forgive that person or persons. Jesus forgave you. He requires that we forgive others. And when you let go, when you release it, uh, like Paul did, it sets you free from the negative results of holding on to it. And, and there are uh, even scientific studies that show there are negative results to holding on to anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. Uh, it heart, I, I was reading this one, uh, this isn't in here, but I was reading this one study this week. They did this, um, some research. They had some people come in. They asked them to jump as high as they could jump, and they measured it. Then they asked them to talk about grudges that they were holding and, and people that they hadn't forgiven. Then they asked them to jump again. The average jump was four inches less than the first, their first jump. Uh, unforgiveness is heavy. It's a burden. That's why Jesus asked you to put it down. And, um, and when you do that, it, it sets you free. It, it sets others free as well. Uh, your family is no longer living with a person that's got this bitterness and anger underneath the surface. There's tremendous power in forgiveness. Forgiveness sets families free, sets companies free, sets countries free. Uh, and forgiveness is a process. And like I was saying, for small hurts, it doesn't take long. But when they're deeply hurt, then um, it takes a little bit longer. But the next step then is to work towards restoring the relationship when it's possible, uh, when it's wise. 
And like I said, there are times when it's not wise to restore a relationship, but most of the hurts, the vast majority of the hurts that we have are just from day-to-day stuff. And they come from people that we live with, that we see every day, people that we love and want a relationship with. And, And we need to forgive. We need to work towards restoring those relationships and do that quickly. And one really helpful scripture that I read this week in our study that um, came into play in my life <laughs> was, again, uh, James 3.18, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. And whether you're the one that was hurt or the one who did the hurting, be a peacemaker. Sow seeds of peace. You know, find ways to move the relationship towards reconciliation, whether that's asking forgiveness or receiving forgiveness or doing something, you know, doing the dishes for your wife or whatever, you know. Sow some seeds of of, of peace. And ultimately, that's what God wants for all of us, is that um, we would forgive and reconcile with the people around us. And, and that's what this table and this meal are about forgiveness and restored relationships so as we move into the communion service i want to invite you to think about those people uh, i'm imagining someone came to mind as i was speaking if there's someone that you need to forgive uh, it's okay to let go of the hurt it's time to let go of the hurt to to just release it to to let go and let god be god in that person's life and the altar is always open Uh, if you want to go there before or after you receive the elements. But um, today's a good day to get free. Today's a good day to let go of some things. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we thank you um, that you so freely forgave us, that you paid such a high price so that we could have a relationship with God, be restored and reconciled to God. God, it's hard work. It's costly. And I pray for everybody here who uh, is holding on to something, that you'll help them to lay it down this morning. And then uh, on days when it comes back, to lay it down again and to continue always in this process of forgiveness, to, to trust you, to continue to allow you to heal the hurt of past pains and, and wrongs. And, and to just wash them today, God. Uh, I, I pray for that, that your peace would wash over them, that they know that you're going to take care of them and take care of it. God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the cross that makes all this possible. And we offer ourselves this morning for your, your forgiving love to pour over us, each one of us. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I've asked... Uh, some folk to help me with communion so if you want to come Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him and earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live at peace with one another Um, 